Hear now a reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts, gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, Paul says, because this is your spiritual worship. One of my very favorite understandings of worship is that when we worship, we rehearse graced reality. We, when we gather together as a community and worship God, rehearse graced reality, the reality that God desires to usher into this world. So in worship, we practice living the way that God wants us to live. You can just look in your worship guide and see how this works. We gather as a community, and as we gather, we intentionally become aware of and enter fully into the presence of God. And then we praise God together and give thanks to God through song and prayer. We confess our brokenness to God. We receive God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And then as those who are reconciled to God through Christ, we extend that same reconciliation and peace to one another, that peace that only Christ can give. And then we pray for each other. We lift one another up to God. And we find ways to be grace in the lives of others. And we attend to the word of God each week by reading and hearing and proclaiming scripture. We respond to God's word. We respond to God's word by offering our gifts. We offer our gifts um, out of all the many things that God's given us. And we offer it all for God's purposes. And Paul reminds the church at Rome, we have gifts. We absolutely have gifts, gifts that God's given us. We've spent the last two weeks and now today a third week remembering that we too have gifts, gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us so that we 
might do works even greater than Jesus. Remember Jesus talking to his disciples in John's gospel as he was preparing them to live without him? He knew that his time had come, but he said, don't worry. God will send another advocate, an advocate that will teach you, continue to teach you and remind you of who you are and whose you are and what your mission is, and you will receive gifts, all that you need in order to fulfill that mission, to continue the work that I began. God's mission of reconciliation. Last week we learned that God actually reconciles us so that we can serve God's purposes. That's one of the ways that God equips us. God also equips us by giving us spiritual gifts. And if you went to the spiritual gifts workshops that were offered the past two weeks, you've learned a lot about your own gifts. You've also learned that God gives us talents and particular personalities and resources that we can all use for God's purposes. If you went today, you learned about passions and experiences. God uses it all. Even those experiences that we might not have enjoyed so much, those experiences that caused us pain, I mean, oftentimes it's especially those experiences that equip us to be in very powerful ministries, to walk alongside others who may be going through similar difficulties. God reconciles and redeems it all to be used for God's purposes to the extent that we are open and make ourselves available so it's important that all of us reflect on this, not only now during this period of time, but ongoing, that we are constantly thinking about and reflecting on all that God's given us. Because this week's scripture calls us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, to offer all of who we are to God, that we might be used for God's purposes. That Paul says, is our spiritual worship. One of the most popular summer break activities for the youth in this church is the mission trip. I was kind of surprised to learn last year that many of our youth, the very first thing that they write on their summer calendar in ink is the mission trip because they don't want to miss it. They don't want anything else to take that place. And they bring friends. We see youth on those trips that we sometimes don't see the whole rest of the year. And worship on those mission trips is really lively. Y'all uh, experienced a little bit of that not too long ago when we celebrated the summer mission trips in here. Y'all saw that their worship is very energetic. There's lots of jumping up and down. There's lots of moving back and forth. There's screaming and yelling. It's fun. But the truth is the way that the way that these students actually witness to each other and to all those they serve throughout that week is by living their lives, by living their lives in such a way that they honor God. That is their true worship. Y'all serving on mission trips, it's not glamorous. These kids definitely present their bodies, their whole selves as a living sacrifice. Commentator Rochelle A. Stackhouse says that for Paul, sacrifice is a positive term. It's a term that's meant, uh, that means that we offer ourselves in consecration or dedication to the will and the work of God. And the result is that we, that the use of, that our gifts are used through the body. 
Our youth set aside, they consecrate and dedicate this one week of their summer to God. And they do this so that they can sleep on these thin little pads, on the floor, packed into this room like sardines, where they wake up at the crack of dawn every single morning, race to the bathrooms where they're going to share about four stalls among more than 100 people, so that they can get ready to start and spend a very long day clearing debris, painting, working on hot roofs, digging septic ditches. They'll do whatever's needed. And at the end of the day, they literally race each other back to the showers because hot water and time is extremely limited before dinner and evening worship. Part of our job this past summer was to um, re-roof a house. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you're handling shingles or kneeling on or sitting on shingles, there are these little minuscule shards of um, fiberglass that work their way beneath your skin. It is not a comfortable feeling. And it does not wash off. You talk about offering your body as a living sacrifice. I watched some of our youth as they literally ripped the fiberglass out of the backs of their legs with duct tape. And they seemed to enjoy it. They seemed to think that this was some sort of rite of passage or badge of honor. They were all in. We have some pretty amazing youth. There's a couple in particular that I want to introduce you to today. They also serve on the mission trips, but in addition to that, they have founded a very powerful nonprofit organization, and I want you to hear about it. Come on up. So these two young men here, they have used much of who God's created them to be and the gifts that God's given them in service to God. This is Grayson Walker. He's a senior at Westlake High. And this is his brother, Bryce, who is a junior at Westlake High. I checked our database and found out that your parents joined the church in 2000, which was right before you were born. So these guys have literally been a part of the church since they were in utero. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, y'all have helped shape them, so I want you to know that. So would y'all please tell the congregation a little bit about this nonprofit organization that y'all founded? Uh, yes, so um, we have founded a nonprofit organization called GotNets, and uh, we are dedicated to improving outdoor recreational facilities in uh, less fortunate communities, especially here in Central Texas. Yeah, we go out with volunteers into less fortunate neighborhoods, and we go and repair or put up new nets on basketball hoops that need them, or give a ball to a kid if he looks like he wants to play. That's awesome. What inspired y'all to do this? So the idea began uh, right here at WUMC back in 2014 as an activity for, um, for Rethink Church. And our family wanted to participate in one of the activities, but all the activities that we could choose to sign up for, we didn't feel that they really matched up with our, our talents and our passions and our gifts, so we created our own to help in our own way. And so I'm guess, guessing that y'all are talented basketball players. Um, I would like to say so. I think, I think we're really talented. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've always been playing basketball, and I think I fell in love with basketball when I was around four or five, and my dad taught me how to shoot the ball. 
And um, now we're just trying to use our own love for the game and spread it to other people who may want to play the game that we love so much. Um, so Bryce, how did you come to understand that there was a need out there for this? Well, we were playing basketball outdoor on a hoop with no net, and anyone that's ever played knows that it's just not as much fun if you can't tell if it's a swish or an air ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's uh, right. We saw that many outdoor basketball courts have the same issue, so uh, because no one really takes care of uh, replacing and repairing these courts, so that's where we step in. So it sounds like one of the spiritual gifts that you've been given may be the gift of mercy, because you were able to recognize a need in the community, and your hearts were so moved by that need that you were compelled into some compassionate action. You took action that makes a difference, right? Um, I think so, and you know, we realize that we are much more fortunate than a lot of our brothers and sisters, so we have the talents and resources to make a difference in our own way. Yeah. And it does make a difference. I mean, y'all are absolutely impacting lives. They told me a story about this little boy named Carlos. Will y'all tell them that story? Yeah, so it was on one of our first outings. We were just putting up nets, and we noticed he was on the playscape with his sister, but he was mainly just watching a bunch of older men play basketball. Um, so after we fixed the nets, uh, I noticed him. He was staring at a bag of basketballs that we'd brought with us and we went over to him we introduced ourselves and uh, we f soon found out that Carlos has never owned a basketball and he of course was dying to play. Yeah, so when we gave him the ball he was overwhelmed with joy and it was really just an old ball it was dirty used beat up but and way too big for someone his size and, um, but just something so small made him very happy. In the four years since y'all founded this uh, ministry, y'all have really worked hard to develop partnerships out in the community so that you could expand your work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, so um, in the last four years, we've partnered with the city of Austin, Austin Parks and Rec, Austin ISD, and then uh, we also have some large corporate sponsors like Warner Ladder Co., who's the official ladder sponsor of GotNets. <laughs> But um, we use these partnerships to help us in our mission. And any idea how many nets y'all replaced? In the last year, we've uh, replaced or put up, yeah, we've put up new ones or fixed nets, over 40 nets. And we've gone out with 30 different volunteers and impacted the lives of over 5,000 people in Austin. Wow, that's amazing. What's your goal for this coming year? Okay, so um, October 21st is our next uh, community service day. And we plan to visit 15 to 20 schools and parks with four or five teams. And uh, we hope to impact the lives of another thousand people. Awesome, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Will y'all help me thank them for this amazing ministry? Thank you. You know, y'all can help them realize this, um, this goal that they have to reach another thousand people in about a month. Um, you may have gifts or resources or a passion for basketball um, that, you can, that you can leverage to help them reach their goal. 
They're going to both be available in the ministry link ministry fair next door in the gym immediately following this worship service. So if if you have any questions or you want to sign up, um, you'll have an opportunity over there in the gym. Grayson and Bryce, I mean, all of our youth who serve in mission and ministry through this church, they are absolutely discerning their spiritual gifts, their talents, their passions, their resources, their experiences. They're they're learning how they can put all of who they are into service with God. And it's something that every single one of us is called to do. All of us. We can do the very same thing. You may have noticed in your worship guide, this little insert. Um, This is really a great resource. It has listed on it um, all of the ministry and mission opportunities that will be presented to you at the Ministry Link Fair um, in the gym just after this service. And each of the opportunities are linked to particular ministry areas. And the idea is that you can look through here and quickly see what areas you might be most gifted for so that when you get to the gym, you can quickly find the tables that you need to visit in order to um, sign up for different opportunities. And trust me, you want to sign up because in a few minutes, you're going to get these little hearts and you want to take those with you to the ministry fair. And at each table, there'll be these colorful links. And if you sign up or express interest, you can get a link and you can put it together and you may end up with a bracelet or a necklace. Just depends on how much you're willing to give. So um, I hope that you'll take advantage of that. Throughout this entire series, the scriptures that we've been grounded in have all had this one pervasive metaphor that has been lifted up throughout. The community of believers has been likened to a body, to the body of Christ. And just like a body has many parts and each part has a different function, we, who are many, each have different gifts, different resources, different talents, personality types, experiences, passions, all to be used for God's purposes. And when we offer our individual bodies as a living sacrifice, this whole community, this entire body becomes consecrated to God, becomes dedicated to God's purposes. And together we begin to live our faith, our faith in such a way that it becomes a perpetual act of worship so that we as a community of faith, are no longer rehearsing graced reality. We're living it, and we're offering it to others so that God's name will be glorified, so that God's name will be lifted up and praised, and so that God's mission will be realized, and all of creation would be reconciled. Amen.